0: I felt um, that um, uh, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants um, like Nelson Mandela, that um, what he signed for, um, the the work of the ICJ, is becoming a reality. And we're bringing the Genocide Convention to life. Because if you want to kill any nation, you must kill its future. Uh, There is no state that will stand and say, indeed, you are correct. Mm -hmm. We are committing genocide. It is established that you cannot justify genocide even on self-defense. On the wide range of on the Spread the fire. Spread the fire.
1: Spread the fire.
0: No, no, no,
1: no. Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX. And today I am extremely excited to be joined by none other than the Minister for Justice in South Africa, Mr. Ronald Lamola. Minister, thank you so much for joining us on SMWX.
0: Thank you very much, Caesar, and to the listeners.
1: You might be seen as one of the most important politicians in global politics right now, given the role you've played in our case at the ICJ. I'd really like to dive into that case. But before we get into the substance and the issues, could you take us behind the scenes of of how this came about and how the idea for this case came into the minds of leaders like you in the South African government?
0: Yeah, no, thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> is the is the fact that um, obviously the the UN processes, um, Security Councils, the, um, the General Assembly, and so forth, um, and all uh, intentions to find the ceasefire could not work, and also for humanitarian intervention, and uh, we knew that we are signatories to to the Genocide Convention. And we're also aware that also uh, Israel also a is signatory to, to the Genocide Convention. In fact, they are amongst the first states to, to have signed. We signed uh, around 1998. It was one of the first that uh, our former President Mandela mm. participated in. And we said, maybe this could be what we can uh, take forward to put pressure mm. to the state of Israel, to ceasefire and to allow humanitarian aid, which is what is uh, really needed. Uh, and uh, obviously also the statements of the uh, leadership uh, in Israel did not also yeah. help uh, would show the, the genocidal intent so we truly believe that we have we had a case that we could then engage with mm-hmm. cabinet which um, mm-hmm. the matter was taken through all the cabinet processes and cabinet approved yeah. that indeed we must take this matter to to the ICJ
1: can you tell us anything about cabinet that that you're allowed to divulge just about what that moment was like in the cabinet meeting uh, w- was it was it a unanimous thing, um, and and what were your feelings just when that came into cabinet when you knew but the rest of South Africa didn't know this momentous step was going to be taken?
0: Um, obviously, it's um, it's always um, a good feeling to know that you are doing something out of principle. Mm and um, also informed by the situation, and also that you know that it will be a a much-needed intervention, particularly for the children um, in the occupied um, Gaza. So it was something that was uh, very heartwarming, and um, we we felt that uh, it's something that we will also need to put um, a a, a, a uh, well-rounded team, diversified, but also with expertise um, in international law, mm. both from our own country and also wherever that we could find um, uh, people committed to the cause in the globe. And mm. we were glad that um, there were people uh, in the globe who were willing to come into the, to the space to add their expertise.
1: And the president uh, gave us his full support. Um, what have the conversations been with him over this issue?
0: Yes, he did uh, provide um, his full support, and um, he, 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 he was very uh, forthright that uh, uh, we have a duty in terms of the convention to, step, to stop what is currently happening, because um, we, he has also participated in various international forums where um, there was no headway in terms of a uh, ceasefire, in terms of humanitarian intervention, You'll also remember that he had just um, uh, addressed the, the climate change conference uh, in Dubai. Um, so, and also the, the, the UN Secretary General had invoked um, Article 99 of, of the UN, which has never been invoked, which was historical. And it was vetoed uh, by the U.S. Uh, the Security Council. So it was clear that we needed something very drastic and urgent. So he, 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 he really put his weight behind it and at the end he also gave, gave a thumbs up to to the to the team
1: did he call you like he called the the springbok coach at the end and said wow this was this is amazing
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes yes at the beginning yes yeah. he did call the, did you have the whole
1: team conversation that's yeah. yeah
0: at the beginning yes he did call hmm. for for the whole team he spoke to the to the hmm. whole legal team hmm. um, and and we, we we allowed some some uh, public view of when he was encouraging the team, yeah. But also, obviously, after the mm. the hearing, we also spoke and um, we felt uh, he felt that um, uh, we have uh, presented a, a compelling mm-hmm. case.
1: Yeah. Just on on a personal note, and and before again, we get into the substance because I have a lot of international law questions, and I'm sure, I know you. You know, have great expertise in that field. Now, you're obviously a lawyer yourself as well. But on a personal level, can you take us into, you know, the journey there um, and what the atmosphere was like beforehand? Um, Anything that maybe we haven't been able to see in the media um, about what it was like for you personally and some of the conversations that were were happening? You're under a lot of pressure. Um, Of course, the case went well, and I think we delivered it spectacularly eventually. But... Could have gone either way, and I'm sure that you were all quite uh, nervous in some way um, to see how things were going.
0: Yeah, of of, of course. It was uh, some of us the first time to appear in such a court, um, the highest organ of the UN, international uh, adjudication of disputes between states. So obviously you will uh, have a bit of uh, nerves, uh, Mm. think about how you will handle it. But uh, Mm. we had a very good team. People yeah. that have been there, we just said, uh, let's relax and uh, let's do uh, what um, it's um, conveyed the message. Uh, the court just want to hear the message, and mm. that's what we, we, we focused on. Mm. And um, uh, before uh, we, the team sat together mm. and said, this should be the focus, and um, everyone, even after the hearing, uh, so it was a very good camera. Uh, the team, that um, we indeed, um, let's say this is for the good of humanity, but also the feeling after was also very good because um, even as we were going in, there was a lot of support uh, outside Mm. for Israel Mm. and also for Palestine. And Mm. the the, the people from Palestine and those who were supporting that, they they also gave us and showed us a lot of love, which Mm. um, also encouraged us to understand that it's in the interest of humanity what we're doing. So we need to put our best foot
1: forward. Yeah. And how did you feel when you were making your speech and and just before and, and, and afterwards? yeah
0: obviously i felt um, that um, uh, i'm standing on the shoulders of giants um, like nelson mandela that um, what he signed for um, the the work of the icj is becoming a reality and we are bringing the genocide convention to life um, as and when we were presenting the team the the the, the, the case mm. and uh, defining what the genocide convention means so we felt that we are bringing it to life so it was a very um, um, a a, a hard-warming uh, and humbling experience.
1: Yeah, let's let's get into some some aspects of the case. Um, there's one thing I do want to want to clarify because I've seen some international law observers and commentators saying, "Well, why did we go for genocide, uh, which is the hardest thing to prove? Eventually, um, let's say once we get past the provisional measures." when we could have gone for crimes against humanity or war crimes, but as I understand it, the only way we could get there as a third party was because the genocide convention allows us to do that, whereas other conventions like the Geneva Conventions wouldn't allow us to do that. So that's why uh, we kind of strategically used that convention to get to the court, in addition to believing in the substance of the case.
0: Yeah, and also the the reality is that there is an ongoing urgent situation, and also the Genocide Convention mm-hmm. deals with humanitarian issues. And um, as you read the definition, it also deals with an intent to wipe up a, a whole state, issues of uh, civilian infrastructure, which is what is happening, flattening of uh, of the he- of the whole of the Gaza Strip and so forth. So that um, uh, gave rose to to the convention being some of these things being within the realm of the convention and obviously being backed also by some of the statements of the leadership of of, of that country, Mm. which is an urgent situation. So this convention also uh, give um, an opportunity for an urgent uh, indication or provisional measures.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let's go into some of those provisional measures, because I think in the in the media conversation so far that I've seen, everything is focused around the accusation of you know a plausible case of genocide, which of course is part of the case. But there are other things that South Africa is calling for, just a, apart from that, which which are things like humanitarian aid, punishing people who incite genocide. So take us through some of the other aspects of the case that are not just about the accusation that genocide is happening, because I think that's got lost a lot in in the debate. Yeah. Obviously,
0: the humanitarian intervention for us, we believe, is also a very urgent. The situation is dire uh, because um, it's an occupied uh, space with um, uh, only Israel uh, uh, controlling access uh, in and out of of the Gaza Strip. So it does need an urgent intervention. And from all the bodies of the UN, they 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 uh, they have indicated that. It is impossible to 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 provide humanitarian aid uh, with the uh, ongoing bombings because it's one of the of the of the exceptional wars where the, the, the there is a huge number of staff of the UN that has been killed, mm. uh, journalists, um, uh, 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 a huge number of a civilian population. That's why the the Secretary General of the UN described this as unprecedented. Mm. Um, it's not like he has not seen wars; he has seen others, but he described this as very unprecedented levels. And mm. uh, so, the, that is the other aspect of the case that um, uh, obviously we had to, to deal with. But the other aspect is um, also the the, the 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 death and the killing of young kids mm. uh, in this environment. The, the the number of young kids that have been killed it's um, it's, uh, it's it's unprecedented in any war. So. If if, if if you look at it, it also suits the what we're dealing with, because if you want to kill any nation, you must kill its future. So when you're killing the young kids, you're killing the future of Palestinians. It's, it's a, 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 mm. In any environment, if you kill the kids, and the, there won't be a future Lamula or a future mm. any other person. So this is an important aspect that also uh, the, the court had to yeah. look into.
1: No absolutely. Yes. let Let's come on to some other aspects of the case before we get onto the substance again. And of course, one of uh, to the extent that you can touch on it, Israel's uh, legal team's arguments was was trying to stop us at the procedural gates and saying, "You know, there, there really is no dispute here." Obviously, we didn't uh, have a chance to reply. What do, you, what do you make of this procedural argument that, you know, we didn't, we didn't jump the hurdle of a dispute, and so the merits even of the provisional measures case shouldn't be considered?
0: Yeah, obviously we anticipated um, some of them mm. because mm. we knew that we've got a very strong case on substance. Yeah. Their strategy will be to try and uh, kill the case on technicalities. So our <clears throat> one of our advocates, a uh, Professor, Um, Dukat, Mm. uh, uh, dealt with the point that Mm. uh, the 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 jurisdictional uh, point has been established because there has been engagement from the South African uh, uh, DERCO by DG Dengo with um, Israel, his counterparts, and there was no (coughs) response that was satisfactory. Therefore we we had to proceed because the situation is urgent and dire. Uh, There is no state that will stand and say indeed you are correct. We are committing genocide. They will never announce that they are doing it. So, yeah. it, it it's something which is a function of the environment, the definitions, and the outcomes of um, what you are able to see and what we're able to see and hear. Does to us uh, 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 plays a case mm-hmm. that uh, there is ongoing uh, a genocide that could be plausible to be adjudicated upon by the court.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and. It seems strange to me. I mean, we went to the ICC already, um, you know, with with this like, complaint. We've 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 done so much at the UN. It just seems strange to me that the court wouldn't consider this case because, you know, someone didn't send an email at a certain time, especially when the, the, the situation is so dire and urgent.
0: Yeah, you can't really rely on technicalities yeah. to feel this kind of a, of a matter mm-hmm. where there's ongoing and plausible genocide.
1: It would be disappointing um of course you know we, we we made a case about the sheer amount of of devastation to infrastructure the amount of killing happening in gaza um the living conditions and israel uh israel's response was not necessarily to deny those facts but to say that you know all of this is being done because of the the uh, horrific, what I would call um, terror attack um, of October the seventh, what did you make of that? Because it seemed to me that that was lo- we had already preempted that, you know, through through um, Professor Vaughan Lowe's intervention. And while it might be relevant to the overall situation, it didn't seem very legally relevant uh, to the acts that we were um accusing israel of of taking
0: yeah as you said prof indeed um, anticipated this point um, because um the in terms of the jurisprudence of the court it is established that you cannot justify genocide even on self defense whatever the atrocities at its level a genocide cannot be a, a justification for self defense so there is a, a, indeed case law jurisprudence for the court so that point can't stand and um, secondly you will remember that we even in our presentation we we, we, when we wanted to show the the genocidal uh, intent Mm. or plausibility of it we demonstrated that you can't say the target is just hamas and then you go for the whole population Mm. Um, you should still live within the boundaries of the rules of law of, of 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 war or of, of engagement, um, because now when you go for for for, for, for young kids, um, the elderly, hospitals, everything. I mean, if they in the strictest terms of 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 your target, mm. you should be able to as with the with the capability of the of the state of Israel, uh, and and we demonstrated that they use the most uh, recent technology. Uh, pinpoint uh, drones and um, uh, 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 the technology that uh, is able to to deal with the uh, pinpointing of particular targets. So why would you then um, <clears throat> go for the whole population, uh, flattened buildings and so forth, if you have got a particular target and it is indeed in self-defense. So this has gone far beyond, it's not proportionate to the point of self-defense.
1: Just to zoom out on some of the statements that have been made outside the court. We had uh, spokespeople for the Israeli government accusing us of uh, South Africa of being Hamas's legal team. Um, What do you make of of those kinds of statements and how do you respond to those accusations?
0: Yeah, I think it's nonsensical and irrelevant for for the case. Um, we, We have been very clear, is the case presented by the South African government it's a product of our cabinet and the team has been uh, put together by the south african government all the aspects of the of the case and we are doing so in line with the with them with the with the, with the convention um mm. if we want to to even boil down we can state that there is no bilateral relation between hamas and the south african government or if you want to uh, stretch it further and go even to the governing party, we don't have any bilateral relations um, with the with Hamas. Even in court, we were with the state of Israel, uh, with the state of Palestine representative, because that is where we have got bilateral relations. And uh, the, to the point that they argue that we we the, the leadership of the NC met Hamas and so forth. I mean, in any conflict, you meet. A number of people to understand the conflict what could be done to resolve it and so forth. it does not mean that you are working with them and you are plotting some uh, 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 attack and so forth but you you want to intervene in the situation so you must be able to engage all the role players
1: no one thing that struck me as well after the case is, is we had uh, the israeli prime minister prime minister netanyahu basically saying, even before judgment has been rendered, that the Hague won't stop us. Um, what are your thoughts on on that kind of statement coming from such a senior leader in Israel when you know, you've got the world's apex court, you know, sitting on one of its most important decisions in its history and you know, our, our, our president who, as you know, I've criticised you know many times, but I think when you know when a success is a success, you have to call it out. We haven't tried to preempt the judgment. We haven't come out and 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 uh, personally attacked anyone in, in Israel, and yet we have uh, a prime minister saying, basically, what the Hague decides is what the Hague decides.
0: Yeah, I think it's panic speak. He is panicking. Secondly, it's um, it's part of what the Israel government believe, which is exceptionalism. They believe um, <clears throat> the, the 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 conventions of the UN and whatever does not apply to them. They apply to all of us, um, and this convention was created for them. Therefore, it can't be applicable to them. So I think that is what is panicking speak by him. But um, at the end, um, <clears throat> um, I do believe that um, uh, they, it, we have shifted the needle uh, because you will remember just a day or, or two. Before the court hearing, the Attorney General um, did issue a secular that you will be prosecuted yeah. for inciting violence and mm-hmm. so forth. So they are beginning to really, um, uh, the, the papers have had an impact, including mm-hmm. the issues of humanitarian that they raised in court and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, and um, so I do think that uh, it's just um, panicking. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and the court's decision will be uh, authoritative. I believe it must be enforced. Mm. Um, and um, <clears throat> it will help the international community to have uh, uh, that finding because it will be factual, it will be authoritative, it can then uh, help with the political pressure yeah. uh, to the state of Israel.
1: You know, one might one might even say whatever the court uh, rules and, and, you know, just just building on, on your point that it, it leads me to think. In some ways. South Africa has already won um, no matter what the court says, to the extent that the debate has moved to in, in serious international law circles, uh, diplomatic circles, a real debate about is this a genocide. Now now yes. people might might go on, on, on different sides of that debate, but even two months ago, one month ago, even the most radical scholars weren't prepared to say, you know, that genocide needs to be invoked here. But but now it seems to be Part of the debate and and whatever the court rules, it it seems that we have at least brought that to global public attention, that we can seriously discuss this question. And that seems to be a victory already, no matter what the court decides.
0: Yes, that is an important victory, because you will remember prior to the case, uh, the state of Israel was hiding behind propaganda and the world was seeing the war in the eyes of the state of Israel's propaganda. So what the case has been able to do was to forensically detail, um, in a uh, non-sensational way, Mm. uh, the case, uh, its uh, effects, uh, the speeches, and the effects of those speeches with regards to the genocidal intent. And uh, also uh, for the world to really know properly how Gaza is situated and what is the role of the State of Israel as an occupier. So all that is now known by the whole world and mm-hmm. the experts. They also had uh, now to be able to to see, including the reports of the various bodies of the UN yeah. that have been ignored by by the state of Israel in proper forensic detail without sensationalism. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. To the extent that you are you're privy to it, you know, it, it seems easy in hindsight, um, the way that South Africa structured our case. But can you take us into You know, decisions like not wanting to be too sensational, because we could have shown some of the worst images you can ever imagine and, you know, bombarded the court with pictures of of children. Um, You know, we also seemed to me to make a conscious decision not to try and personally attack even politicians in Israel or make disparaging remarks towards their legal team and really keep our case very focused and very tight. In hindsight, that seems like the obvious thing to do. But that must have been a strategic decision. And and why were why was that kind of decision taken? And what were the kinds of conversations about how do we present this case in the most effective way for the for the global audience?
0: Yeah, it's because we wanted to the global audience and the court to focus on the facts, because that is what has been missing Mm -hmm. previously because of the distortion by the state of Israel with the amount of propaganda and so forth. So we, were, we wanted to take the sensationalism away from the case, deal with the facts, and deal with the applicable law. And um, we were also able to explain to the court that uh, some of the gruesome videos, we will not do them because for yeah. we don't want to sensationalize the matter. We want the court to listen to what we believe will persuade the court. If the court wants to watch some of those, they can do it at their own time and so forth. But mm. these are the aspects that we believe will be able to present to the court and we believe they were very compelling so it was indeed a decision mm. Mm. yes
1: how did we select the the international lawyers from outside south africa how did how did they come to our attention and and what decisions were made around um i think it's um uh nigrela KC uh, and 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 professor low
0: yeah it's uh, obviously the work that they've done mm. in the space of international law mm. The articles, the books, and so forth, yeah. which um, made them um, to be legible expertise, but also yeah. their commitment to to humanity. So all those aspects uh, came into into mm-hmm. the into the picture. Mm-hmm.
1: So sticking with the the case that was made and and going a, a level deeper, you alluded to, of course, the so we tried to establish genocidal acts, and this was something that. Um, Different lawyers did, but but obviously Advocate Hasim did very well up at, at the beginning, and then it was down to Advocate Mugai Tobi um, to to really go into the, the the question of intent and showing, you know, what senior Israeli leaders have been saying, how that's been filtering down onto the ground. The Israeli case came back and said, well, look, we're we're, we're cherry picking uh, examples. Uh, there's no evidence that there's a, a government-wide program um, to commit genocide. Um, wh- what do you think of how they responded to our case on intent? Because, of course, this is the hardest thing to prove when it comes to genocide.
0: Yeah, obviously, uh, it's, it's, their response was astonishing, yeah, to say the least, because um, <clears throat> one of the things they raised was that they... they, 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 they the speeches by the Prime Minister, the the, 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 the President, the Minister of Defence and should not be taken uh, literally, it was uh, just political speak or mm-hmm. rhetoric. You, you can't take the speech of a Prime Minister as rhetoric. The, the Prime Minister speaks policy. Um, once the Prime Minister speaks with such executive powers, um, it's, it's the policy of the of the state. Who, who else will you get policy from? And it shows the intent, and I think, as you said, Advocate Nvaitobi did demonstrate that after all those speeches, um, the, the, the generals and the soldiers on the ground, they understood it to mean exactly what the Prime Minister was saying, uh, even singing about it, and they were actioning it on, on, on the ground, uh, doing as per the policy position of the, of the of the of the of 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 the state of 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 Israel. So, mm-hmm. it, 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 the, the 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 their point on this that uh, it needed um, <clears throat> the cabinet, the war, uh, and so forth, the uh, platform. The, the, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, um, it's it's it was just to shift the, the 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 responsibility or the play. The reality is that they have spoken and what they have said. Is policy, and that policy was acted upon.
1: And the thing is, you would never expect a state to have an official document which says, "Right today, the genocide begins at eight a.m." Yeah, you know, no, I mean, yeah, you're
0: it's not going to get, yeah, it's not but, possible. Yeah.
1: But but, but yeah. I think one really strong point that we did make is that, I mean, some of the statements here just go so far. You know, even in other cases of genocide, you don't have such explicit statements from such senior. Um, People within the government, um, and then the decision in our case as well to link that on the ground, was something I didn't feel that there was a, a full response to from from the Israeli side.
0: Yeah, no, no, they, they they could not because they they had no rebuttal to it. It's factual, it's real, and uh, you see it on the ground. You see it with the with the work that is being done, and I I, I mean even from the statement you quoted the, of, of yesterday of mm-hmm. the Prime Minister, it's clear. Yeah. He is very clear that they don't see any state of Israel beyond the war. After the war of Palestine, there won't be any, they don't see a two-state solution. For them, there must be no Palestine. So mm-hmm. what are they denying? They, they, they can't deny it. Yeah. It's real, it's factual, they're acting on it.
1: Let's come to, where to from here, because you know South Africa put across a sterling case. Um, it's hard. maybe, maybe we're we're biased, but it's hard to see how the judges would completely disregard our case and and how we wouldn't prevail at all. But there are many different scenarios here. I think the first scenario that we need to consider is what if we get everything that we've asked for? You know, and that would be a seismic that would be a seismic moment potentially in world history, if, if the International Court of Justice were to say, actually, this military campaign must stop, um, South Africa would have effectively got the world's highest court to mandate something like a ceasefire.
0: Yes, we, we firstly, that is the first place we expect. Mm. And we're, we're, we, we, we call for the court to do that, to yeah. call for an immediate cessation of the military operation. Mm. For a ceasefire, for humanitarian aid, that obviously it's our first, uh, it's our first um, call.
1: Yeah. What uh, What do you think the next steps would be if we got everything we wanted, and and how would we go about trying to secure implementation?
0: Yeah, it is firstly the enforcement. Uh, obviously, the, the the state of Israel has already indicated, signaled that they may not um, mm. uh, want to. To abide by that, but I think the international pressure will be so, it will be just uh, impossible to ignore by mm-hmm. the state of Israel because uh, one, the whole group will be united, even their friends, they will end up being isolated, even their friends in the U.S. will end up uh, being under pressure, even amongst their own population. You have seen this already, protests, um, and I believe that is the reason why they are more clear now about a two state solution. Uh, in Britain, their protests and France and so forth. Mm. So, once there is more of a factual uh, finding by the court, it will yeah. also help the NGOs across the globe, civil societies, to put pressure on their governments, to pressurize the state of Israel mm. to abide by this decision. And if they don't, we, we can still take the matter to the <clears throat> security council, mm. where, <clears throat> as you are aware, the U.S. has vetoed a lot of other decisions and um, if vetoed we can still take the matter to to the to the general assembly itself of the mm. of the un we'll remember right. south africa was expelled uh, for not abiding by uh, decisions of organs of the mm. of the un so those are all processes that we'll have to to look into
1: it becomes very uncomfortable for for those states that have supported israel in in this um in its activities in in gaza because Many of them have accused us of hypocrisy, um, of, of flouting international law, of not being as, as condemnatory of Ukraine, uh, the Ukraine-Russia situation, but suddenly they're going to have to turn around and make a decision. Do they agree with the highest UN court in the world, or are they going to abandon all that sweet talking about uh, the global, uh, what, what do they call it, the international order, um, the global rule order?
0: Yeah, they have no choice. I mean, if we we have to maintain a, a rules-based international yeah, order, the rules-based order. Yeah, exactly. we we, yeah. we 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 have to respect decisions of the, of the of the of such an important organ of the UN, uh, because that will also filter down to even states themselves, uh, where internally in the states people must respect court orders. It is important for the global rule of law that they abide, and I believe they will, and they will not only. Uh, on their own, some of them will be marched by their citizens to abide by this uh, decision uh, in their own country. So I believe that uh, it is important that the court make the finding and that uh, uh, an international rule of law is uh, asserted to uh, yeah. by the entire global community. So I don't see any state uh, escaping from this uh, mm. important uh, obligation.
1: What happens if the court rules against us? Uh, we have to hold that possibility out. And um, I guess one of the scenarios, the best case scenario is they give us everything we want. The worst case scenario is they give us nothing that we want. And they say that, you know, they're not going to issue any of our provisional measures. Um, what do you think that would mean for for this um, wider issue going forward?
0: Yeah, it will be set back, um, obviously, for for the rule of law for peace um, in the occupied um, uh, Gaza and Palestine but um, I think we will still have made our point um, we we have shifted as you said earlier it's a conversation by academics uh, civil society mm-hmm. in various UN multilateral fora so we will just need to put pressure in those platforms where we are to continue with the with the with the struggle but um, we will have exposed, uh, we have already exposed the the propaganda and the hypocrisy of them, of them, of the of the global system when it comes to holding states irrespective of who they are to account.
1: And after this provisional measures stage, um, if if there is uh, a further stage and if the court wants to look into this further, can you take us through, you know, how you see this unfolding from here and the kind of timeline for the full case itself and the actual merits. Um, And, you know, we've got an election coming up. So so I guess one of the questions is, you know, after 2024, will that future government, you know, still have the commitment for this case, which could go two, three years into the future? Um, Are you committed to seeing this through to to the end of, of the case?
0: yes uh, and um i believe we will still we are still the future government so we will we are committed to to see it through as, um it will take some years uh, maybe 2 to 3 years we will uh, prosecute the substance of the case and ensure that uh, it is uh, fully ventilated uh, in the icj with all the experts that we have uh, dealing with various aspects and um we we will expect uh, obviously there will be many other states joining um, the mm. uh, the state of Palestine is already indicated. Uh, Germany, I believe, there could be more mm. that will join. So it will be um, that kind of a matter, which um, the matters will be really have uh, to be looked at factually with forensic eye mm. and detail. Uh, so I believe that it will it will be one of those matters which uh, will will redefine um, the 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 geopolitics, including. Mm. Um, the, the the situations in, in war zones.
1: What do you make of Germany's decision to to join this case and, and effectively to, to come in on the side of Israel um, and, and also Namibia's response to Germany, um, who unfortunately don't have the best track record when it comes to questions of genocide?
0: Yeah, I think uh, Namibia has put a very compelling argument that uh, Germany has got no moral um, uh, standing to deal with this matter. So, um uh, the, the, I, I don't know who will be having that moral standing and credibility, but uh, mm. it's clear that uh, it's not going to be just a smooth sailing for any country. Mm. Uh, it's a matter that they will will boil down to to the facts. Yeah. and ab- the law.
1: Absolutely. Coming back to the personal now that we've we've looked at the case, you know, what 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 has this moment meant for you and, and for your career? And how do you reflect on being the person uh, central in our government to to this historic move?
0: Yeah, uh, obviously, it has been a humbling experience being mandated by the president to uh, represent um, uh, the country and lead the, the team. Uh, standing on the shoulders of giants like Nelson Mandela, seeing uh, what he stood for and what he signed for as a genocide, uh, me being part of the team that brings it to life was uh, indeed a very humbling experience. And uh, I believe also for the entire legal team um, that uh, that was there, including the South African ambassador, it was uh, indeed a very uh, humane and humbling experience.
1: Are you worried about any countermeasures? Um, Israel, hasn't taken kindly into uh, in the past to states who have have challenged uh, have challenged it in in terms of the cabinet I'm sure we've thought about the different scenarios and and what this could mean in terms of um Israel taking countermeasures against us. I don't know why they would because we haven't done anything you know except go to a court and ask a court to to rule and if the court rules against us we'll accept it but um I've heard some jokes, you know, um, about, you know, we don't really want Israel to to pursue countermeasures against us because we're not in we're not in the best position to to respond if if that kind of thing mm. happens. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about load shedding and and all of that. Um, but what, what do you what do you think in terms of the risks and and and, and what we're weighing um, in terms of Israel potentially taking. I think
0: (laughs) the biggest risk the globe faces is the collapse of a rules-based system and that is why the globe should be worried. uh, People must be happy that we are following a rules-based system, we are asserting the international system of of, of dispute resolution. Why would you want to punish a state for that? In fact, you should be punishing the ones who are collapsing the multilateral institutions of the globe because we can't have a world where there is no order which is not based on rules, the yeah. opposite of it will be anarchy. So we we, we we are obviously concerned, but we don't see how such retribution will be justified in any context, whether politically, economically, or even legally, it won't be justified. Um, in fact, us taking the matter to the ICJ is in the interest of the rule of law of a rules-based international order.
1: And have you noticed any kind of countermeasures? Is the government aware of any kind of countermeasures at the moment? No. Uh, that have been taken
0: no. yeah.
1: Well, Minister Lamola, uh, thank you very much for joining us on SMWX. Um, I think it's a a really fascinating moment in our country's history and in, in world history, and we're really appreciative that at this key time when you must be very busy you've you've graced our audience and uh, we look forward to the future and potentially having you back one of these days to assess how the case has gone.
0: Thank you very much. And to the viewers, thank you.
1: Aye,